everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. And this week we are covering the girl with all the gifts. That's right, y'all. We are here with our theme of Black Women for the Win. We're going to cover four movies where Black women win. Four movies where Black women win. That's probably the only four, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, maybe not the only. (laughs) Let's not be that much of pessimistic bitches. I mean, have you seen movies? I've seen movies. Listen, they're not many. I'm not going to say there's a lot. But there's got to be more than four. I don't know what you won't bet. <laughs> I'm in my still low tape. All right. Well, let's get down into it because this girl got lots of gifts. We got to talk about them all. Yes. Um, first off, I am here for her. This was the first time I've watched this movie for notes reasons and not just me being like, I want to see a black girl kick some ass. Um, and so <laughs> I think uh, what I realized is that part of the reason I'm drawn to this movie so much is that watching Melanie be so kind to her captors is relatable content because of the way I was homeschooled and being on these PWIs um, where it's just like, I got to smile these microaggressions. We saying racist shit to my face, but I got to be like, thank you, Linda. Hi, Linda. How has I navigate this world for you, Linda? And so it's relatable content, even though she's a zombie kid. I don't, it's, it's murky, but she's a zombie. <laughs> she's like a zombie creator. Yes, yeah, she's got the virus. She can zombie out if you like want to like fuck with her. <laughs> but she's also a child. Right. Uh, I really like that twist on like the lore of zombie, like what is a zombie. I lo- like I know some people get their panties in a twist, but like I like when films take something that is known in the zeitgeist or in the accepted culture of things and kind of put their own spin on it. And make it their own as opposed to it just being another zombie thing. I kind of like that. Even though sometimes it doesn't work. I'm not going to say it works all the time. But when it does work, it's really cool. I think that like any other subgenre, there is room to play. And I love that this plays with that. Because it does feel a bit 28 days later. And that like it's a virus. And we have like a small band of survivors. And they seem to be in London. But like it's also very much its own different thing because these kids are being held captive. She seems to be the only girl. Like it's a bunch of like white boys and her, it seems like, which I love that casting choice. I don't know if it was written or not, but like just having her be a black girl in this situation adds so many layers and so much conversation that we wouldn't get had it just been like Bethany, which it usually is. Right. No, yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think that having her be a black girl definitely adds a layer to this. It's really interesting. And I think for once we have it handled in a in a decent way, you know? There's not a lot of like unnecessary bullshit, you know? Listen. And it's it, this movie, this film was written by Mike Carey. Um there's no picture on IMDb, so I don't know if what no. I just always assume it's a white man because that's who gets produced. That is my assumption um, as well. <laughs> I hesitated. Right? <laughs> um, that's just who gets produced. And so I'm just like, one of them got it right, which we don't get to say often because normally it's like, well, I'm going to make her black. Let me like reward myself. I talk about how she's black the whole fucking movie. Well, let's add 30 inwards. 
Yeah, she's snot crying. She's got monologues about how hard it is to be black. That written by white people who don't know how hard it is to be black. Like we got like people just like fucking abusing her and being like, "Cause you black, bitch." Um, like it becomes trauma porn usually in the hands of people who are not black. And so, I, I mean, look around, look around. How unfortunate it is to be alive right now because everything that fucking came out in twenty twenty two was like slavery. You want more slavery? I'm like, nobody said that. And they're like, more? You want more? I'm like, nobody wants black. that. Why would that means slavery, right? Right? Clearly, if you want black people, you want some sip slaves. That's what you're asking for. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't ask for this. Stop <laughs> no it. No one asked like, for this. <laughs> nobody. Nobody. Like, literally, crickets, Hollywood, slaves. <laughs> That's the meme. Those crickets are black, so they must have slaves. They must be Listen, one three years they, they want some more slaves. Listen, we're gonna do Amistad Part Two. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, for who? Um, for why? Right. So, okay, I may be the only person in the world that feels that felt this way, but when I was watching this movie, and granted, it's a, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I feel like I make it pretty well. I was getting some like super dark. Matilda vibes and I was here for it because you have Melanie who is like a Matilda type you have Miss Just Just to Know which is like a Miss Honey type you have Dr. Caldwell which is a Miss Trunchbull type which I was like okay and I'm curious if the um the writer Mike or he oh it's based on a novel Mike Carey who wrote the novel I'm curious if that was an inspiration for him or even for the film creators as well because it was it for the get-go I was like it's like Matilda and Miss Honey right now (laughs) I like that because I love when people tell something and they tell it darker and that's not a 50 shades to gray because we need to do all that because that Twilight and that could have both just like been DOA but (laughs) 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 I like when people see something like you know it'd be fun it was darker um and they fucking like find the zombies and they do the things because I haven't seen Matilda since I was a child. I wanted to see like the little Broadway um, situation because Tim mentioned it, the music, and I thought Tim mentioned was very funny. But I don't listen to him a lot. I've not checked in with him in a minute, so I don't know how that's aging. Um, <laughs> he is a white man. <laughs> um, but like, I, they just dropped a new movie. Film. Netflix, I don't know what it is on Netflix. Movie. It's very polarizing. People are like, I hate it or I love it. And I'm like, I'm too old for it. So I'm good. Most but of my like, timeline's loving it, but I haven't seen it. So I don't have an opinion. Yeah. No, but I, I like that because a lot of the times we see these worlds, like the Wizard of Oz, for instance. Um, and there's room to play in there and there's room to like make it more accessible to other people and modernize it because like, unfortunately, society doesn't change fast enough. So these themes are always relevant. Right. And <laughs> I mean, it, and it's not a, you know, like I said, this isn't a perfect uh, d- comparison because there are a ton of differences, of course, you know, but and I like, so I like that. If if it was an inspiration, that's all it was was just the, an inspiration of, you know, a relationship between a teacher mentor type person, a student who's being mistreated by the system, and that the, the teacher, you know, I so I like that it, if it was utilized, it was utilized as inspiration and not oh let me retell Matilda and it'll be it'll be instead of Matilda it'll be. Matalda, and it'll be Miss Syrup. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you put it out there, Matilda, Melanie, Miss Honey, Helen, um, and like their relationship is one of my notes. And so I'm happy that you made that 
attachment because again matilda's not something that i'm thinking about um, <laughs> and i may only be thinking about it because of people talking about the new movie you know what i mean listen you know what whatever gets us the notes um because that's a good thought that's a good thought so thank you trans timeline <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> But I, I found myself wanting to know more about Melanie and Helen's relationship um, because there's so many layers there and I'm nosy. Not because like I felt like this plot needed to like give them 10 more minutes to be like, how do we know each other and why? But I just wanted to know because like I couldn't tell if this was like this woman who's like really about it because like we have a lot of fake allies out here as we know. And she's like, no, I'm going to literally carry this zombie girl and hope she don't fucking bite me. I'm going to go unshackle her because they left her fucking shackled. And so like, I was like, is this like an ally situation where she's like, I'm ready to become an accomplice? Or is this like, I I feel like maternal towards her or like an older sister? I Because nobody is taking care of her or because she's the only one. Like she's literally the only black girl in this facility that we've seen. Yeah. A couple of the guards that don't have names for the most part are black <laughs> Um, and that's just it. And so I don't know, or maybe she just happens to see her because she is very smart and she is very kind and she's really trying to like not zombie out on people, even though like some of them are getting real close to her face. Which I zombie out on them. <laughs> Listen, if you put a chicken leg in front of my mouth. <laughs> and I think that's honestly, I think the reason why you want to know more is because of the performances. I think that um, Gemma Archerton, who plays Helen, just to know, and Senya Nanao, who plays Melanie. Did I butcher that too crazy? I don't okay. know. Cause it, I would say that or Nanua, but I don't know because I've not heard her name because I've never seen her get interviewed because we know right. why. <laughs> both of their performances is great, but I really want to um, highlight Senya's performance because, especially as a young actor, yes. the, spe the specificity of everything she was doing, especially the scene when she when she's fighting against attacking uh, Miss Justineau, and yes. um, you just see that struggle internally. She doesn't outwardly put a lot of um movement into it and i think that you know i i was always taught that and it, it's true that great acting has a lot of specificity in it in it like every move every part of that person it should be that character should be acting and in that scene and in this whole movie really but that scene specifically she was just acting from head from the tip of her head to the tip of her toes and it was incredible. And to do that at that age, yeah, I loved it. Like, she has so much stage presence. And again, like, we know I love the British actors. Um, and, but also the children actors, even, when we go to, like, most countries are, like, doing the damn things. And because I've been spending so much time watching, like, British TV, because I have to, like, find ways of relaxing, I've decided so I don't have a heart attack at the age of 25. Um, <laughs> I've been really realizing that, like, they make these bitches learn how to act early. They're like, you're not going to embarrass us on the BBC. And they also have, like, funding and things. They treat other countries treat the arts like they matter as opposed to america and so people get to be trained and they get to like dedicate hours to this it's not like oh you're a little hobby little bitch um it's like oh you want to do this well then here are scholarships here are real prestigious schools taught by people who actually do the things and like 
it, I, I wish that a lot of people knew I'd be one of them that you can go to other countries and get a college degree in the arts that means more than over here and it's cheaper if not free because how many of us on that after we're already in debt tell the babies tell the babies every day <laughs> oh right yes be real with your kids Listen, if you don't have them, you know you ain't saving it for conscious economy. Just be like, do you like other countries? Are you afraid of flying? Well. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Listen. I, so, as I was watching this movie, and now now that I know it's based on a novel, I kind of really want to read the novel. Because I want, I want to know more about this world. Like, again, like you said earlier, what we got is what we needed. So I didn't need anything more, but I wanted to know more about like these are the second generation or whatever of this uh, pandemic disease, whatever, and they're the ones contributing or they're they're the ones the carriers of this fungus essentially, and I I just really want to know more about like how that that whole situation like what happens when they're adult like do they continue to grow like people are I, they people then i think it's part of the that's one of the big questions of the movie right yeah. are they are they alive or are they fungus it made me think a little bit about the cure because i the last two times i saw this was before we watched that movie mm. um and this handles this idea better that like are these people, are these not people? Is it our own biases? Is it not our own biases? Um, and I, I love that. I love that, especially because like, we see what happens to the kids who were not um, put into these prisons, which is what they are. Like, I don't know what else you would call a prison. Like, I, I mean, if you have <laughs> no word for that, y'all, let us know, because you're, you're stretching. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you must that's be no real flexible. <laughs> right? That is not no daycare. Um, and so, like, the kids who weren't captured and experimented on are just, like, out here wild, not and feral. And so I think that the novel might get it more into that, or I would hope so, because, mm. like, I feel like those bitches that cornered that one <laughs> soldier got backstories, and I want to know how you get into that gang, because they don't communicate. They just, like, ha-ha, nibble, nibble. <laughs> they communicate by, like, sounds. Like, ah, ah. Get- and she speaks it like it it was almost like she was I don't want to say code switching because that's too drastic for this. <laughs> I, this is too drastic to be. I don't I don't know what I'm saying, but it's almost like she's like communicating and she's like breaking it down for the people who are not part of this culture. Well, um, and but. at one point, um, Dr. Caldwell is talking to her and she is basically trying to determine if these kids are learning or are they mimicking what they're being shown? And it never gives you an answer, which I think is really perfect. Yeah. But at the end, and then at the end, later on, when she's about to kill the dude before he turns into a zombie, he's like, how'd you learn to do that? She said, I watched you. So it makes me think that it's probably a common, like she is learning by watching and by mimicking and so I think that's probably why she picked up on that language a little quickly is because she, she gets it. That's just it, though, because, like, she – we don't know how long she was caged, but she was caged for a very long time. And so I think that she just – it's like she speaks another language because, like, we have a lot of, like, brown kids who are bilingual and multilingual, and we're telling them that they're idiots and they need to learn how to speak English. Whereas when Cindy Lou Who learns French – 
she's a genius. She's a prodigy. She's a moment. She's an icon. Um, and it's an ongoing thing I've seen in schools and everywhere else. Because like, for instance, Dr. Teddy, Dr. Teddy speaks at least two languages, <laughs> at least two languages. But at Texas Tech, he's a dummy. <laughs> he needs to go fucking get some help. And we can't understand him. And I'm like, are you really that racist, Linda? And Linda's like, yes, I am. Give me my right. word. Um, well and and it it even goes into like this weird sense of language in our culture and how we because i was even i was talking about this at work today that it's bullshit that people look down on or belittle people who have a southern accent or who have um who speak aave or who um don't speak english you know when language is a social construct we created language there is no right wrong if you're communicating it doesn't fucking matter how doesn't fucking matter if you say y'all or whatever if you're able to communicate what i want if what i want to say is being heard by you and being understood by you that should be the only fucking thing that matters but instead especially in america and other what gatekeepers we love a gatekeeper over here we love a that's gatekeeper. all we do in this country is gatekeep <laughs> yes and uh, well and especially in america we tend to think when you think society when society thinks educated uh intelligent successful we always tend to put english british like air like oh i'm so fancy or whatever and it's because fucking white people in britain and white but white Brits. No, but, but like even in britain though apparently in britain there's wrong british people because like again right. the awful white men who like crowded the internet when jody whitaker became the doctor were like i can't even understand what she's saying because she's from that part of britain and like so is she more or less british than you billy uh, and billy's <laughs> like how dare you you little bitch and i'm like what what is it what is it let her speak i understand her because i watched the bbc do you not get the bbc over there where you live <laughs> you're like outside the bbc like this is your first time hearing this accent like i again it, it the poll is always moving depending on where the cis straight white men are it's always moving and it always will move because they think they own something because we keep hitting them shit yeah 100 percent. and again language is socially constructed much like gender. Well, let's not get into that. It's a whole other. <laughs> a whole Listen, other I, hole. <laughs> I remember in daycare before we got snatched out for homeschooling that I would be using words because, like, you pick up the words from your home and people be like, oh, "That's not how you say that phrase. Oh, that's not how you say that sentence." Oh. Um, and then, like, when I got back out of homeschooling, it was like everybody sound the way I sound. This is Missouri. We're not doing like the Queen's speech. Like, <laughs> what the fuck was happening in this daycare? <laughs> Right. And that's why I hate grant like one well, the term are stupid anyways, but like grammar Nazis and like people who want to correct people's dialects when it's like if you didn't understand what they said, say I didn't understand. Can you explain? Or just don't fucking say anything. I don't know. Listen, listen, those people are the people who like to use their education as a barometer of how they're better than everybody else. Um, and they usually want to attack the black and brown kids. They're just like, don't say ink pen, just say pen. Or don't say play script, just say play. And I mean, both are right. 
Is one a little bit annoying? Yeah. But like, you don't have to come for people, especially when these are people who are probably not used to being around these situations and environments. And so they're trying to like, they're already nervous. Like it's, it's a a cultural thing. Like I, when I house managed, I would see so many people and you know, they've never been to a play before. They've never been to a theater before, but they're there because their grandkid is there and they already have their anxiety because it's a white space. And so like anything could go wrong. And like people just be little bitches to them. It's like, that's how you do that. That's how you do that. That's how you fucking do that. And it's like, or you could explain the rules to this person in a way that doesn't make you look an asshole and stop mocking them and making fun of fucking them. If you want this to be an inclusive space for everybody to come in, you little bitch. And then and- you wonder why, you know, well, we talked about the government not supporting the arts, but then you wonder Listen. why the arts are being select, being selective or Listen. that people don't, then you wonder why your audience is all white. You're like, I don't, black Listen. people just don't come to the theater. And it's like, no, because you treated them like shit. Listen, first off, you're overpricing them. You're putting things way outside of their neighborhood because you're afraid of black people. Secondly, when they do show up, you treat them like shit, like you do everywhere else. And so it's a place for you to be elitist, racist assholes. Like, why am I going to pay $80 to do that when I can get that at a fucking hamburger helper aisle? I don't... <laughs> listen, listen. I like that you said hamburger helper like it was a restaurant. <laughs> like a hamburger helper aisle. I can get this racism for free. But you want me to come out here at $80 in hard pans <laughs> so you can, like, make fun of me for two hours. Right. Um, and I I especially love going with my friends who've never been to the theater because, like, I know theater etiquette. And some people are trying to give them bullshit. I'm like, hi, I have mentioned this bitch. Go fuck yourself. Right. Um, right. Um, because there's like, oh, all these black people. And I'm just like, no, no, no. You're a guest. You're a guest, Ruth. Get the fuck out. Right. 100%. And yeah, I just get so, and then, it, you know, and then, of course, and I laugh because they're like, well, young people aren't going to the theater or it's not diverse or we're not diverse enough. And it's like, no, you won't allow it to be diverse because you're stuck in your own bullshit. You can't be like, we're here for everybody when you're not here for everybody. Right. Fix your racist houses. Like I remember back when I was at Lyric Opera of Chicago, that trauma space, they had these meetings about how to get more women to come to the opera. And we had ideas. We were like, what if we stopped doing so many sexist operas? Can't hear that. When we started having more women composers on the stage, at least, can't hear that. What about we had more women holding the baton? Can't hear that. And like, so you don't want women here. You want to spend money saying you want women here and then be like, we don't know why they won't come. Um, I'm not going to come sit through a five-hour opera that's 800 years old where the title translates into English as women are fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that's what one of the titles basically did. It's like, women are silly or whatever the fuck. And I was like, I... No, no. Right. Um, and it's it's very <laughs> an opera could be so queer and so punk because you have these pants rolls and you have like these like men doing all these high pitched things and like the, the cross dressing and the pageantry, but we won't let it be the fun little gay situation it could be because we're like we gotta make sure it's straight because Bob and Ruth are coming and you know how they feel things get too fun. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so how did we go down that rabbit hole? Whew. So many. Um, let me course correct. Let's, let's get back to <laughs> this movie we're supposed to discuss. Um, we were talking about performances earlier, so I just want to like throw some love in Glenn Close's direction yes. because she's playing a stone cold cunt, and I love that for her because Hollywood will cast any woman over the age of twenty as a grandmother. Truly, I'm just like um, this bitch is nineteen. They like, yeah, right, great grandmother. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. They're like, we heard you. I'm like, you didn't. Yeah, no, but yeah, she right? she does a great. And what, but what I love about her is that yeah, she's stone cold. She is very 
she's not warm at all. Like she is very much. I have a go. I have a objective, and I am going to achieve that objective in any way, shape, or form. But I I love it that she doesn't. There were a couple times that I was like, maybe Glenn Close is right. <laughs> I, I would never you know, ask her. She's a white woman in uniform, so I, I was never gonna be on her side. Well, but truly, yeah. <laughs> I like yes. the performance. <laughs> oh, we, no, but but she added a sense of because yeah, you, she could have played that character super over the top, but instead she was very grounded. She was very every character felt very real and felt th- four dimensional. You know. This was a movie of acting and I love that, especially for a zombie movie because like we love zombie movies, but they don't always get treated with respect. Um, And when they are, sometimes they're pretentious and this one's not pretentious, but it also is like, we're making a film. We're not just out here being like, ah, don't eat my asshole. We're like, no. (laughs) Intentionality. (laughs) So I, okay. My my own one kind of note negative about this movie. I would have well, okay. Let me let me say my whole note here. Um, I'm really I thought that the pacing was really really great, especially in the beginning, and then that zombie hit, the zombie breaking in, that all hit at the right time. I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then about forty at the forty forty five minute mark. It slowed that pacing down a little bit. And I was like, Ugh, what I, I think we should have kept that early pacing that going. And because I think it was about 15, 10 to 20 minutes too long. It did get long. It did. I'm not going to lie. Um, it felt kind of like, and I hate doing this, but we're all going to do it because this is the era we live in. We are in a post walking dead world and it did feel like maybe two episodes of the walking dead smushed together but like different different beast mind you but it just felt like this is a series but it's not a series it's a movie and so like you don't get to like make up that episode that ran long next week you're just kind of like that's the credits yeah right and so yeah i thought that i thought the first like half of this movie paced perfectly the second half of this movie got a little long that's also where they started having the conversations about feelings and shit. Because before that, it was that's just kind of like, we're doing things, we're running from zombies. And they were like, here's my motivations. And I'm like, that's cute. But also, you can just go ahead and bite him. I'm here for that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I, I would love to see a point where we kind of edit it down or, or edit the script or the filming or whatever down and just kind of smush those things together. That Yeah, you can talk about your motive and your emotions while... Any minute a zombie could come and bust where you're at. Those are stakes. Um, and it also would have given us a little bit more fun to be had with her learning the things and like mimicking if she's mimicking, because that was a good note you had earlier. And I think it ties into one of the themes is that like these are learned behaviors. These kids are out here eating people, but also at the end of the movie, they're coming to this school and they're learning. You can teach them. Well, um, and they're also being taught that that is what you're doing. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, is this a self-fulfilling prophecy that these kids are zombieing out because you're telling, you're intrinsically telling them that's what you're going to do anyway. 
I think it's a commentary on people not wanting to raise their fucking children and they'd be like, children are the fucking problem. They're learning these behaviors from you, Judith, because no child is born racist and mean. They pick it up from someone. Mm-hmm. Um, no child is born with fat phobia. They learn it from someone. And so like, these are things that are taught. And so it's the whole nature versus nurture situation. And that's why I love when Melanie is like, fuck it. Y'all have had the world from us forever. I think it's time to take it fucking back. Um, and that's when the movie really fucking does the swan dive I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, no, 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 no. I've been playing nice the whole fucking game. Yeah. I've been playing by your rules. You've had guns in my face the whole movie. Yeah. Me and my posse are going to run through and we're going to change the shit up. Burn and it so, all down. Right. And you, y'all know I, I love me some letterbox. So when I watch these, I'm like gauging what I'm going to put it on as I'm watching, you know? And before the end, I was like, I wonder how they're going to, like, A, are they going to stick the landing? And B, what is this landing going to be? And when the landing happened, not only did they stick it, they made up for about 20% of that that negative pacing comment that I had. You know what I mean? Like, if you make the ending worth it, I will stick through some slow pacing. I feel like this ending makes sense because like we couldn't go back to the way it was even if we wanted to and we couldn't make Glenn Close get her like stuff out of this child because Glenn Close is one of the enemies and so like we had to do something and I I've been quoted so many times so many different ways being like these institutions are fucked up burn them down and start over because you cannot rebuild on a shaky foundation we cannot rebuild theater when theater is inherently fucking racist and capitalist now we cannot we cannot build on any of the systems in America. Student loans. We have to burn it down and start from scratch because y'all fucked it up for so long. It is not fixable. Yeah, I. So one of the scariest parts because this movie isn't super scary. The the zombie breakthrough at the beginning is kind of tense, but not super scary. But when they were having to sneak through the sleeping zombies, zombies sleep. They sleeping. Stand it up. It was the bitch with the buggy with the rat and the baby face. That whole thing, I couldn't. Yeah, that yeah. sleeping zombies are terrifying, y'all. They never. That's why they don't show them on Walking Dead because they're terrifying. <laughs> I never thought about zombies sleeping, but also if the children are carrying zombie thing and they are sleeping, that makes sense, right? But I just never, as a rule, when I'm watching zombies, I'm like, I wonder when they rest. I wonder when they poop. But like these are things they should be doing. But I just never really thought about it. Right, that human waste, be they be eaten, yeah. gotta come out somehow. That mean they were smaller than we thought they were, cause like you know they ain't stopping for bathroom breaks. They just shitting and walking, and sh- well, shitting and shuffling. They're like a horse. They just shit and walk. Yeah, it's like ugh. This one and they were running. This one more running zombies, Trey. You you gonna you gonna be in trouble if it's like I that. don't believe in the running, which is why we need to be nicer to Melanie and let her talk to them. <laughs> yes, I also loved the set design just the art the art direction of this whole film was beautiful i love when they get to the city and it's overgrown and you can tell like it's been like a hundred years i don't know picking a number out my asshole but it's been a long time since civilization was here it beautiful no, I, I I do want to read this book. I do. I might have to like order it because I'm going to go ahead and order Bones and All because I want to read that or pretend to read it because I keep collecting books and not having time to read them. I don't know anymore who that is for, that lie. I'm not um, going to lie. I'm going to have to get the audio book because that's all I can do now. 
Listen, I I miss reading, but I don't know if I can sit still long enough. I've not read a book since 2019, like front to back, because I can't sit still. Reading scripts is hard, and scripts are not usually as long as books. Um, and it takes me forever because I cannot sit still in this new pandemic world. I got to be like, I got to go over here. I got to do that. I got to be doing nine different things. Um, I can't just be like, let me read and relax, right. which I'm going to have a heart attack at 25. Um, <laughs> but I do, I do want to read this book. And I specifically want to know if Melanie is black in the book, because again, that adds so much. Like even the title, The Girl Without the Gifts, like to be young, gifted and black. Is that what we're doing? Or... No, like I, I want to know things that I won't know until I read the book. Right. Yeah, because like even them being afraid of her, because like Codwell and them are always like, she's not a child. Don't forget, she's not a child. These take different meanings when it's a black girl. Um, <laughs> it well, does, because we, we never get to be children as black girls. We never get to be. We're always yeah. older. We always have to take care of other people. We are always being told we're too fast. People are like trying to hit on us when we're kids. Like we never get a childhood. And so every time Cald Caldwell said that, I wanted to fight her, even though on another level, I know that she could just literally be meaning she's a zombie, so can't trust her. But I'm just like, you just want black kids, you little bitch, because this is America. But it's not America in this movie. Oh. <laughs> I think we're. I think in this movie we're past countries. I think everyone is oh. fucked. You know, we would still be trying to beef with each other, even with a zombie apocalypse. Ah. Like, what slowed down for COVID? What? Nothing. Exactly. People was out here being racist and loud, and I'm like, girl, put your mask on and go home. Um. <laughs> like, True. No, I meant. I didn't mean that they all got along. I meant that there ain't nobody left. There's like 20 people in the world, and it's like, well, here we are. Does it really we'll matter? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> but like, I just again, I like, like, go back to that though. I, I think that the racial implications is part of the reason why this movie works so well because it makes me question if any of the things they are doing is because they're biased. The whole fucking movie, and it also adds a special layer of ickiness to Kyle wanting to experiment on her. Because, like, we've seen America experiment on bitches of Black people all the time. Like, history is full of them. Henrietta Lacks, Tuskegee, um, those are, to name a few. Um, specifically Black women, who, whenever we go to the doctor, it's a battle. Because, like, we don't really know what pain is. We don't really know our bodies. Like, we live in a country that almost killed Serena Williams and Beyonce while they were giving childbirth. So, like, when you look at your Black partners in the face, like, we should have babies... That's what you're signing us up for, y'all. Like, if they would kill Serena and Beyonce, who the fuck you think we are? Like, we are not going to get out of there. Which is unfortunately why we have such a fucking huge number of black women who go in to give birth and don't fucking come out. Yeah. Like, that statistic is fucking wild. When I saw that, it did not help me in my stance on not wanting children. Because I'm just like, you want me to risk a death <laughs> to raise something I don't want and slow down all my goals? <laughs> no! Like... <laughs> Hell to the now. Hell to the now. More power to all of y'all out there doing it. Like, no. I I live risky enough when I cook my own food. I will not. I will not. <laughs> uh, because, again, healthcare is bullshit to black women. Like, how many of us go in for something and are ignored or are told that we're making it the fuck up and they won't even give us pills because they're just like, just junkies. And I'm like, most of us can't afford a drug cab in this economy. So, like, how, how will we ever become junkies? And so, like, if I say I'm in fucking pain, maybe you should look at the fucking pain instead of being like, well, you're just fat. Like, which is another thing. Because, like, black women... Oh, 
Um, I could do a whole fucking sermon on black women going to doctors because that's one of the things they love to throw at me. I, you're fat. I'm like, I'm here because I have my leaky eye situation. It's an eye allergy. I don't know how to do with my weight. <laughs> I'm here because my nose is stuffy. I don't know why you're talking about my fucking weight. Like I've, I've been going to like one of my first psychiatrists back in Kansas City and I walked in and I'm like, losing weight. And I'm like, this is our first conversation. All my thin friends are also sad. You don't fucking know me. So like, right. so I ain't coming uh, back. <laughs> listen, it's awful out here. And I think that, again, having her be a black girl, like brings up all these dialogues, all this conversation, all these thoughts that we wouldn't get had she just been Bethany again. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I am just here for a black girl lead and uh, like the movie's not about her being a black girl. <laughs> I don't think they ever bring up her race in the di- in like direct dialogue. And I fucking love that because again, I don't know who wrote this, and so he could have fucked that up real easy if he tried, um, real easy because we've seen it multiple times, Blumhouse. And so we just need to like let people fucking just like cast black people and not make it a moment, like. Uh, to go back to the craft, Rachel True, that character was going to have an eating disorder, and then they cast Rachel True, and all of a sudden her thing was she was black, so therefore races were her thing. And I'm like, black women have eating disorders all the time. Roxane Gay writes about it um, in her books. Like I, right? No, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think, I think that it's just I feel like a lot of like marginalized communities have that like. How many coming out stories do we need to see, honestly, that end with a suicide? How many times do we need to watch the queer characters get killed by the people, by the, you know, same thing with like, how many times do we need to watch slavery? How many times do we need to have a story with black people that revolves strictly around racism? How many times do we need to have a story about Latin people who deal with immigration? How many times do we need, you know, like... And it's not that those stories should never be told or are wrong to be told. It's just that when that is the only stories being told, yes, that is the problem. Listen, I so we all love Octavia, and we've all wanted to see Kindred adapted. And I was like, yay, it's being adapted. And they have Black people adapting it. So this is going to be a win, right? I've not watched it. I've heard mixed reactions. But I also know Brad Jacob Jenkins, who's the playwright who was moved to TV. Um, he was quoted in the New York Times. And I read I read the interview. And he's like, we need more slavery place. <laughs> we need more slavery in film and on theater, I think is what he said. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? And I know that we're not a monolith, but I feel like if nothing else, slavery's covered. Slavery's fucking covered. I could, if you, uh, listeners, don't ask straight this. Uh, to bring it, bring it to me. If you feel like you don't know about slavery, message me. I'll say Listen. I'll give you at least at least twenty movies that deal solely with race with slavery. That probably came out last year because that, again, like, <laughs> this is the one thing they let black people do. Like Lupita still only has an Oscar for Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, Lupita, y'all. Yeah. Lupita, I show the fuck up in every movie I do. <laughs> has one Oscar, and it is for playing a slave. How? She should get an Oscar for her fucking Instagram, and yet here we are <laughs> in twenty twenty three. Looking at her in the face, being like, you only got one and you know why. 
<laughs> I just, I hate it here. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's like there is enough. And again, if we went through another 50 years and there weren't any being made, there would still be enough. Listen, if nothing else, Roots is still out there. I'm excited still out there. 12 Years a Slave still out there. The Django Unchained. I mean, Tarantino did it, but if you want some slaves... Uh, have your have your life. Um, that won't make Kendrick. my twenty list. I'll give you a better listen, twenty list. <laughs> listen, Anti Bellum, which I'm never gonna watch. Sorry, <laughs> Janelle. You know you fucked up. Um, uh, the thing Will Smith put out in December because, like, I'm not gonna lie, I was not pressed about the Oscars last year, and a lot of my people were because they like to be upset about black people and black people things. But like, I was not pressed about the Oscars. I was pressed about him putting out a slavery movie, though. I was like, Will. Um, this is why I'm getting off this train because <laughs> I know you want your awards and you, I know they only give awards like people who are slaves, but no, um, <laughs> on my Apple TV, that only pay for it to keep Ted Lasso, Severance and Mythic Quest. You're going to do this to me here? <laughs> no. <laughs> Truly. All right. We're ready for hot takes. Let's do them. All right. Shut I thought we were in hot takes. <laughs> I thought we were in hot takes. <laughs> Shrek, it's spicy. This is a zombie movie. I know some people have feelings about what is and is not a zombie movie, uh, but fuck you. Uh, Melanie's a carry. <laughs> Melanie's a carry of a fungus that makes zombies, and therefore she's a bad bitch zombie. I went up taking questions. <laughs> My drop. Listen, listen. Yeah. If you don't want to count Melanie, look at the feral kids to the left of her. Look to the feral kids to the right of her. Um. Uh, <laughs> I, I am a dude that's maybe a little worried for Miss Helen because she just kind of stuck in that little... <laughs> she can't leave. She's stuck. But again, she was fucking with the wrong crowd, which is why she kind of pushed shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she got... But she it is nice. She got her own little safe space. It's yeah. all right. She'll be all right. But yeah. Yeah. So my hot take is the line... It's not over. It's just not yours anymore. It's one of the best lines of dialogue I have heard in a very long time. It was simple, direct, to the point, can be used in so many areas of, of society today and yesterday and tomorrow. It is not yours. It's not over. It's just not yours anymore. That's my new mantra for this year. I didn't know I had a new resolution until I heard her say that for this third viewing. Um, <laughs> like, it's literally her, I don't dance no more, I make money moves. Um, and then she makes money moves, and it's a whole new world. Mm. Like, <laughs> um, stop interrupting black girls. That's what this movie really is about. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, it, 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 it's the perfect way... To 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 just sum up that movie, to sum up what I think their point is, is and that change isn't necessarily a bad thing. We need to change. We need to change a lot of things because we keep saying we want to change and it's empty. Like how, we are both theater kids. How many empty theater statements have we seen? Oh, <laughs> so they just many. give them out. They just hand them out like fucking popcorn. And I'm just like, you know, you should have actionable items here, right? We can't hear you. And and <laughs> intent, it's just, it's just think, you know, if you have a play or a musical 
and one of your characters happens to, for whatever reason, become a Nazi, don't cast a black person in that role. They love to cast one black person as the villain and be like, we're diverse. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, don't do that. Because, you know, Nazis were white. And we just need to own that. <laughs> listen, listen. I One of the things I worked at in Chicago, like we were casting and she kept forgetting that the villain of the play was a white man. It was Carly Von Simpson, Scratching the Surface, which is a beautiful play. If you've not read it, read it. She writes for HBO now. And so she's going places and you've probably seen her work already. But like there's this beautiful play called Scratching the Surface. Constant warnings on that bitch, but it's a good time, um, especially for those of us who like a little bit of like thriller horror on stage. Um, mm. But it's a bunch of black women and one white guy, and the white guy is definitely part of the fucking problem. But like the person I was working for kept trying to make him a black man and not the women white, and kept being like, "We talked to the playwright because I don't know if we can find three black women." And I'm like, "It's Chicago, right? I I can't go anywhere not tripping over black actresses on the streets of Chicago. Like, <laughs> you, what are you saying?" But she kept trying to cast him as a black man, and I was like, "The script says he's a white man. He's the only white man in the play. He's literally the only man in the play. How are you forgetting this?" <laughs> um, and that's just like the white biases of if I have to cast a black person, they have to be the villain. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. White people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, that is our thoughts. The perfect way to end this episode. <laughs> that was our thoughts on the girl with all the gifts. Thank you all for listening. Next week we'll be covering She Never Died. Right? And that's going to continue. Black women for the win. It's my favorite song. For the win. For the win. For the win. win, 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 win. Oh, for the win. For the win. All four movies where we won, y'all. It's happening. It's happening. What? <laughs> yes, yes. So make sure you check us out next week. And thank you all for listening again. And make sure that you stay fierce out there. Bye.